Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be doing a 12-team PPR mock draft from the first overall spot on YahooFantasy.com. Inside today's video, we're going to be talking about my thought process throughout my picks from the number one overall spot, as well as my thoughts as the draft goes on, my thoughts on other people's picks, whether I like them, whether I don't like them, or whether I'm just neutral to the pick, and I feel like it is going to be relatively normal for who they went with inside the draft. If you guys do end up in join today's video and you want more fantasy football content from myself i post videos every single day so please make sure that if you are new to my youtube channel and you do end up enjoying it please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below while you're down there whether you are new to my youtube channel or not please make sure to hit that like button down below to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video so without further ado let's get into it we got 20 seconds up until our pick as the number one overall pick in the draft and if i'm being honest with you to me this is the most locked on pick inside of the draft at number one you are going to pick Christian McCaffrey every single fucking time there is no argument in my opinion for Dalvin Cook for Derrick Henry for Alvin Kamara Jonathan Taylor Ezekiel Elliott Saquon Barkley for any of these other players in the draft to be picked number one overall to me when Christian McCaffrey is healthy he is the best running back in fantasy football without a doubt and the best player in fantasy football he is the most game breaking running back in fantasy football he's the only running back that genuinely can average 30 plus points per game and I would not be surprised at all I love Christian McCaffrey going into the season just like I did last year sure he did end up getting hurt and that wasn't the greatest for your teams last season but when he was healthy he was averaging 30 plus PPR points per game so I am all in on drafting Christian McCaffrey again this year at the number one overall spot after Christian McCaffrey came Dalvin Cook Alvin Kamara Derek Henry Jonathan Taylor and nine inch Nicholas Chubb so right now I am willing to put a full-on back backtrack a full-on stop into drafting Jonathan Taylor inside of the top six inside of the top eight because if Carson Wentz's injury is long-term is going to linger a couple of weeks into the season then I am not too sure how this Colts team is going to move the football up the field to get Jonathan Taylor to be able to run the ball now I know you might be thinking Nick they have a great offensive line so they're still going to be able to run the ball and that is true but how much can you run it when the defense knows exactly what the fuck you are going to be doing because the other quarterbacks that are behind Carson Wentz Jacob Eason like, they're not the greatest. They are not the greatest options. If they bring in a Gardner Minshew, they bring in some other quarterback, Nick Foles maybe, to be the quarterback there, then hey, I'm fine with drafting Jonathan Taylor. But what we know right now, I am putting a kind of stop on drafting Jonathan Taylor this early. I think in the next couple of days, we will know exactly what is going to be happening with Carson Wentz, if he's going to be fine to go week one or how long the delay is going to be for Carson Wentz. But right now, I am kind of pretty nervous or very nervous, I should say, for drafting Jonathan Taylor this early on in the draft. After Dalvin Cook came Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, Tyreek Hill, and Austin Eckler, depending who Brent picks over here at the number 12 overall spot that will only have been one wide receiver inside the first round. Just kidding. He picks Devontae Adams at the 12th overall spot. That's not surprising at all. Typically inside the first round, you're going to be seeing a majority of running backs and then two to three wide wide receivers and then sometimes you will see Travis Kelsey go inside of the first round on Yahoo I'm not seeing Travis Kelsey go as much in the first round because he's not he's not rated on the website as a first round pick he is sitting here at number 12 so technically he is I lied he's rated as the number 12 overall pick on here but on ESPN he's like ranked fourth 
So he's going to get drafted much earlier on those formats. So that's why I tell you guys in these videos that it's very important for when you're doing your mock draft to be mocking on the website you are actually going to be drafting on for your draft, whether that's ESPN, Yahoo, or NFL, so that you guys are able to get used to the average draft position on the websites. Because even if you are used to drafting on Yahoo, it's just going to be so much different on ESPN, on NFL, on CBS. That's why I try to do mock drafts on every single website to help you guys understand how different things happen on each website. So after Devontae Adams came Stefan Diggs and Najee Harris. So while I was saying the first round is heavily dominated by the running back position, the second round is when things start to get a little bit more loose, where a lot more wide receivers come off the board. And then in the third round, typically it's a full-on wide receiver bukake, where every Every single person and their mother is taking a wide receiver in the third round. Sure, some running backs are going to be coming off the board, but it feels as though all the workhorse running backs are gone. All of those top end running backs are gone by the start of the third round, and then people just start pivoting to the wide receiver position. After Harris came J.K. Dobbins, followed by Travis Kelsey and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Travis Kelsey, a second round pick in this draft. Again, don't be surprised if he's a first round pick in your league because a lot of people like to secure that positional advantage because at tight end, things get a little bit wacky after the top five players, right? Top six, top seven tight ends to where you don't really know what's going on. But at the beginning, when you lock and load that Travis Kelsey into your roster, he's going to be in your lineup week in and week out. He is that safety net that you throw onto your roster. Do you have to draft him early? No, you don't have to draft a tight end early. Typically, I'm aboard the train of waiting later into the draft to draft a tight end. But this year, unlike other years, I am more kind of akin to drafting a Travis Kelsey inside of the first or second round, or maybe drafting a Darren Waller inside of the third round. I have really expressed my distaste for George Kittle going into this season because I'm so worried about who the quarterback is going to be there. I know George Kittle is going to tear it up if Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback, but how sure am I and how sure are you that Trey Lance won't just become the starting quarterback of this team a couple of weeks into the season. So after Kelsey came Clyde, Edwards Hilaire, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Hopkins, Joe Mixon, DK, Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, and Justin Jefferson. So we are back up on the board here in the second round. Looking at the running backs still available, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift, Darrell Henderson. Looking at wide receivers, we have AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin. Allen Robinson. I like A.J. Brown here a lot, so he's going to be my pick inside of the second round. We'll talk more about that in a second, but we are on the turn in this draft, so I want to go ahead and make this pick as well. So looking at the running back position, I like Dave Montgomery. I like Miles Sanders. I like DeAndre Swift, and I like Chris Carson. I don't really like Miles Sanders, especially inside the third round, but here, to me, there is one pick that I feel locked and loaded on, and that is running back Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks. While everyone likes to talk about that passing attack in Seattle, while they talk about the Tyler Lockets, they talk about the DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf getting picked inside the second round. What people seem to forget with Chris Carson and this running attack is that Pete Carroll loves to do one thing and one thing only. It is run the fucking football. Regardless of how much Russell Wilson is cooking up in the game. People are chanting, let Russ cook. They want him to throw the ball more because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but Pete Carroll does not give a fuck about that. He wants to establish the run and run the football. There are a lot of reports that Rashad Penny is looking a lot better, and maybe he'll be able to stay healthy for this season, so maybe that takes a slight detraction into Chris Carson's workload, but I believe Chris Carson is a true workhorse running back in Seattle going inside the third round on a team that likes to run the ball 
overall, to me, it is a no-brainer. People talk a lot about Chris Carson, about how, oh, he's an injury-prone running back, but if you really look into the stats, if you really look into his games played, he's not really missing all that many games. Chris Carson, to me, has potential to be a top 12 running back in 2021, so finding him inside the third round is a chef's kiss move in my opinion AJ Brown was our second round pick looking at all the wide receivers around that range I do feel very confident in AJ Brown some people will point the finger to the fact that hey now with Julio Jones kind of there is that going to detract from AJ Brown will AJ Brown go from being the number one target in that offense to the number two target in that offense and what I'm going to say about that is I don't care. Even if Julio Jones is being targeted more, I still believe that A.J. Brown is such a freak on the football field that even if Julio Jones slightly edges him out in targets, he's still going to be getting enough targets to finish as a top 10 wide receiver. I believe A.J. Brown is one of the better wide receivers in the NFL, so I'm very happy to select him inside of the second round. I would definitely have preferred to get a guy like Calvin Ridley, but he obviously went a few picks before me. The other wide receivers that are still available, I'm still perfectly fine with an Allen Robinson, a Keenan Allen inside of the third round. I was really excited to be drafting Michael Thomas inside of the third round a couple of weeks ago. He was my, like, Every single time I was in the third round, I was like, bam, this is the easiest pick ever. This guy is going to have a bounce back season. He had such a bad year in 2020 because of the injury. 2019, he was the best wide receiver in fantasy football. So my thought process is, man, Michael Thomas is going to tear it up in 2021. But obviously, he ends up getting hurt, going to be missing a bunch of games. I don't even know where he's ranked on here at this point. He is ranked at 116. I'm fine taking him back there, but there's definitely some risk because we don't really know how many games that Michael Michael Thomas is going to end up missing. Michael Thomas's bye week, I believe, is by number six, so I would expect him to be back by week seven. Because I doubt, even if he's ready for week five, that they would roll him out when they could just go ahead and wait one more week, have him with the bye week, and then have him come out week number seven. So after I went with Chris Carson came Darren Waller, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, Pat Mahomes, Miles Sanders, Terry McLaurin, Josh Jacobs, George Kittle, CeeDee Lamb, Darrell Henderson, and Allen Robinson to close out the third round. Now my thoughts on Darrell Henderson are basically the same they have been ever since the injury happened to Cam Akers, obviously he tore his Achilles. This elevates Darrell Henderson to stardom in fantasy football, potentially. But that is if, and only if, they do not bring in another running back. Right now, where we're sitting, they haven't brought anyone in. So I think Darrell Henderson is a perfectly fine third round pick. I think he fits this system really good. He was pretty solid in LA for his first two years of his NFL career. I think he could be good this year, especially if he is given the keys, like I'm saying, to be the workhorse running back for the Rams. If that is the case and they don't bring in anyone, I am taking him in the third round every single fucking time. But based upon what we know right now, they haven't brought anyone in yet. I'm still a little bit cautious about it because I'm not really willing to put third round draft capital into a running back that could lose his job tomorrow to then bringing in a Le'Veon Bell, a Todd Gurley. So I would definitely pump the brakes on Darrell Henderson right now. But if all things point in the direction that, hey, he's going to be the lead back there, then I'm definitely fine taking him in the third round. After Darrell Henderson came Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, Robert Woods, Mike Evans, Josh Allen, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Julio Jones, and Adam Thielen. So the fourth round is truly when the wide receiver brigade started coming off the board. Only one non-wide receiver in the fourth round, and that is quarterback Josh Josh Allen. I've talked about this ad nauseum on this channel. I am not someone who drafts quarterback early. 
And I'm not talking early like first round. I'm talking early like in the fourth round. The time when I'm ready to draft a quarterback is in the fifth round if it's that real value, if it's the Pat Mahomes, if it's the Josh Allen. So I don't know. I just feel like you're really reaching on taking a quarterback if you drafted a lot earlier because then you're running back and your wide receiver depth is just taking a beating by the fact that you drafted a quarterback early. The team that stacked George Kittle and Travis Kelsey is the craziest shit ever. Unless George Kittle has that really good year where he's up there with Travis Kelsey in points, that is the dumbest pick ever because why do you want to start a tight end in your flex when you can start a high upside wide receiver or running back? Looking at the board here, we do have two running backs, one wide receiver. I like Miles Gaskin. I like Mike Davis, but I'm willing to wait here and go with a super high upside pick to match with what I believe is a very safe team at this point. I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson, wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers on Osmo.com. I wrote an article yesterday about how Deontay Johnson is the must-own wide receiver in this Steelers offense, how if things click correctly like I believe they will with Big Ben and Deontay Johnson, he is a steal in drafts right now. Looking at running backs, I do like Miles Gaskin. I think there is a long wait until we pick again. I think the running backs are going to start falling off, so it's between Gaskin and it's between Mike Davis. By draft, Mike Davis basically every single time in side of the fifth round. So I want to go ahead and give you guys a different look into my draft strategy. So I went with Miles Gaskin because like I was saying, I took Mike Davis in a lot of drafts. So I think I really talked him up. I really kind of giving you guys my whole assessment on him. So I want to talk about Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin, running back of the Miami Dolphins. I am a fan of the Miami Dolphins, as you can tell by the fact that I'm wearing a Dolphins shirt. I got a Dolphins hat on. I love the Miami Dolphins. But the reason why I like Miles Gaskin is not because of my love for the Miami Dolphins. You don't see me drafting Tua in the fifth round or drafting Devontae Parker in the fifth round or something crazy. I'm drafting Miles Gaskin where I believe he should go because to me, he is the lead back in Miami. I don't think there's too much concern of Salvin Ahmed of Malcolm Brown really spelling too much of his workload, too much of his opportunity share inside of this offense. I believe that the Miami Dolphins are going to be a lot better in 2021 offensively. They get rid of Chan Gailey, who to me handicapped, who handcuffed Tua Tungavailoa last season. Now they have two offensive coordinators. I believe that Miles Gaskin is going to be successful this year, especially if the defense is so good. They're going to be able to run a lot later in these games, and that's going to open up the door for even more opportunities for Miles Gaskin, who's an excellent pass-catching running back when he was given the opportunity last year. He was a top 12 running back in points per game. There's not too much of an argument to make against Miles Gaskin. I love him here inside the fifth round to me. Very good pick. After Gaskin came Kareem Hunt, Lamar Jackson, Brandon Ayuk, Travis Etienne, Travis Etienne, Kyler Murray, TJ Hawkinson, Marky Mock Andrews, Dak Prescott, and Titty Boy, T. Higgins right now. One, two, three, four, five tight ends off the board. It's very interesting to see where the tight ends go after Waller, Kitty, and Travis Kelsey because it seems like every single time it's a different order after those guys. Sometimes you're seeing Kyle Pitts Sometimes you're seeing Hawkinson, other times you're seeing Andrews, other times you're seeing Dallas Goddard. So I think it's very interesting in every draft where those guys go because it seems like a fucking coin flip at this point where all of those tight ends are going to end up going. After Andrews and Dak came T. Higgins, Kyle Pitts, and Kenny Galladay to close out the fifth round. The sixth round begins with A.A. Ron Rodgers, Odell Beckham Jr., and Javante Williams. Interesting to see Aaron Rodgers' ADP move around as we get closer to draft season in late August, early September. Hope you guys have have been enjoying this video make sure you hit that subscribe button down below if you have been enjoying i'm doing a mock every single fucking day of august and 
on a lot of days you're gonna be getting two videos every single day so i hope that you guys do end up enjoying this but what i was saying is that aaron Rodgers' adp is going to continue to move up the sixth round quarterback one two three four five six off the board maybe slightly too high for my liking but i wouldn't be surprised if he's quarterback six through eight anywhere in that range of average draft position by the time you're drafting in August because Rodgers this is his last dance the last hoorah in Green Bay and he could really ball out this season and I think he should be able to I think Rodgers is a fine quarterback six seven eight off the board in the sixth round though I'm not too sure that I'm loving that but he does have the Devontae Adams and Rodgers stack but this man does not have a single running back through five rounds or through six rounds very crazy in my opinion that is not something that I like to do even if you're going three wide receivers off the rip which is a perfectly fine strategy you better be diving into running backs round four through six after that or at least rounds four and five or four and six or five and six because then your running back core is going to be completely and utterly decimated because we're at the point of the running backs where it gets really dicey Trey Sermon, is he the guy in San Francisco? Probably not, because Kyle Shanahan is not the kind of guy in San Francisco who wants to use a rookie running back instantly. Mostert's going to get the first lick, the first cracks at it. So why is he going this high? Is he going to be a running back one? Probably not, because he still has to swing around. So who are you going to get? Michael Carter? I like Michael Carter. But as your running back one, that is scary. A.J. Dillon, that guy's a backup. Kenyon Drake, you get into a really bad range. The running backs come off the board so fucking quick, which is why I try to snag a couple early so that I feel pretty safe with my roster. We already have three good running backs, so I'm fine drafting two wide receivers in this range or maybe even going for a tight end. But at this point, it's the full-on dart throw where it's like, I think all of these tight ends could be pretty solid. A Tyler Higbee, a Dallas Goddard, a Noah Fant, Logan Thomas, Robert Tunyon, Mike Gesicki. Tyler Higby would be my favorite out of this group that's available right now, but I'm not trying to draft a tight end here inside the sixth round, so we are going to go wide receiver here. I don't want Juju or Chase Claypool. I already have Deontay Johnson on my team, so I'm going to go ahead here and go with a running back because I don't like really any of these picks, so I'm going to go running back, and then I'm going to dive deeper into the wide receivers. I do like Damian Harris a lot. We'll talk about him in a second, but we are going to go ahead and kind of reach here a little bit I would typically here look to go super upside at wide receiver because we have Deontay Johnson we have AJ Brown who I'm pretty comfortable with but I want to go ahead and get a guy that I feel as though is getting severely underdrafted right now wide receiver of the Houston Texans Brandon Cooks now I know there's a lot of worry about who the quarterback is going to be in Houston and I 100% understand that argument but what I'm trying to tell you right now is that it keeps appearing more and more like Deshaun Watson is going to be the quarterback there that's what it appears at least to me he's practicing at training camp he's going out there and playing fucking safety some of these reports are so it seems like he's going to be the quarterback there now I understand maybe he won't be maybe he won't be but even if he is not even if it's Terod Taylor even if it's Davis Mills Brandon Cooks is the wide receiver one on Houston and you are able to be drafting the wide receiver one on the Houston Texans in the seventh round but Nick the Houston Texans are fucking terrible I know I know they're bad but still, in the seventh round, you are just getting such supreme value for a guy who could be a top 12 wide receiver. He was at points of last season. He's the only wide receiver there of any real name. Nico Collins behind him. They bring in Anthony Miller. Sure. But none of those guys are Brandon Cooks. 
And I think even if there's bad quarterback play, Brandon Cooks is easily worth a seventh round pick in my opinion. Most of the time, you can probably get him later, but the other wide receivers in this range, like Juju, Chase Claypool, I'm not going to draft them because I already have a Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver. If I didn't draft Deontay Johnson, say I draft Kenny Galladay earlier, I probably would have drafted Chase Claypool because he's the other wide receiver I like in Pittsburgh. Juju, ah, man, I think Juju's time is done in reality of being a really fantasy relevant wide receiver. I think he's still a fine NFL wide receiver, but for fantasy football, it appears that Chase Claypool is the huge end zone threat, the end zone threat in Pittsburgh, and it appears that Deontay Johnson is the target monster in Pittsburgh, and that leaves Juju just sitting in the corner fucking jerking off like a cuck watching these other guys ball out. I'm sorry, Juju, fucking Corvette, Corvette. You can do your TikTok dances, but at the end of the day, in Pittsburgh, your days are numbered, pal. You're not that guy, and you are? Absolutely. That fucking, that is still one of my favorite videos, if you guys know what I'm talking about, that you're not that guy video. I don't know why I find it so funny. It's definitely out of favor right now. It's definitely not as popular as it used to be, but I still find it very, very funny. So after I went ahead and was talking about Javante Williams, after that came Chase Edmonds, Jamar Chase, Mike Evans, amazing, or not Mike Evans, Mike Davis, amazing value inside of the sixth round. After that, Ronald Jones, Cortland Sutton, James Robinson, Robbie Anderson, Russell Wilson, and I went with Damian Harris at the sixth pick, or as my sixth pick in the draft in the sixth round at the 6.12. So with Damian Harris, the reason why I like him so much is I know there's going to be so many arguments about how Hey, Nick, you know the Patriots never use a workhorse running back, you stupid motherfucker. And I know, I know they don't, but I genuinely believe that he is going to be seeing the lion's share of carries in this backfield. I believe he is a very talented pass-catching running back that hasn't been getting the opportunity yet in the NFL to do it. And I think in the sixth round, as my running back number four, he's worth it because now I don't have to draft a lot more running backs. I could draft one more, and then I could load my team up with these high upside wide receivers, and I feel very happy about the team that I have constructed thus far. After I went with Brandon Cooks, came Melvin Gordon, Zach Moss, Tyler Higby, Dallas Goder, Noah Fant, Jalen Hurts, Juju Smith-Schuster, Corvette Corvette, Chase Claypool, Justin Herbert, the pervert, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, Trey Sermon, Michael Thomas, some asshole drafted a defense, AJ Dillon, and Debo Samuel. Let me tell you why I just called this guy Randy an asshole. He's probably a very nice man, so I do apologize to you, Randy, but but, 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 don't be drafting a defense early because you can draft one much later in the last round or in the second to last round that is going to be providing you similar value because you know what you're going to do? You're going to draft that defense, and then week two, if they have a harder opponent, you cut them, finito, bye-bye, you throw them out of your team, and you play a new defense. And I make videos every single week, which defenses to stream, which is one of the most important things you can talk about in fantasy football streaming defense it gives you such a leg up on your opponent because they're going to draft the defense in the eighth round and play that defense every single week even when they have a hard matchup even when they are about to get bent over a fucking table by pat mahomes people still play the defenses or they draft two defenses to switch them in and out every single week that is so stupid please just draft one defense later on in the draft. I'm sorry if I sound like an asshole just harping in on this aggressively, but it is something that I notice in every single draft that needs to be stopped. But it's going to happen in your leagues, I promise you. Some people say, hey, it's unrealistic defenses are getting picked in the eighth round. To me, it's not because in your home leagues with your friends or with your fucking workmates, with Jim from HR, all those people, Jim and Pam, Pam the, uh, the what are those called? And Pam, the front desk lady. You know, you know, from the office, you don't want 
them to they're going to be doing that same shit they're going to be drafting defenses they're going to be drafting kickers early so make sure that you wait on that position quarterback and tight end are also positions i'm fine waiting on but if you want to draft them a little bit earlier that's fine with me i'm not gonna go ahead and get angry at you about that after the defense came aj dylan debo samuel washington football team pittsburgh baltimore san fran michael carter and raheem mostert i love michael carter in the eighth round there's a whole lot of talk about him being the running back one there in new york not surprising at all he should be he's great i still do like to draft tevin coleman later because i think he will still be getting a shot in this offense but michael carter is the running back to own in new york for the jets so looking at the board here looking at running backs it's not very good here so we're just going to continue to hammer the wide receivers or maybe a quarterback here. No, I'm going to continue to wait. Maybe with our next pick, we'll do that. But we're going to go with a wide receiver here. And we are going to draft Jerry Judy, wide receiver of the Denver Broncos. I think that Jerry Judy could legitimately be the wide receiver in one in Denver this season in targets. I love Cortland Sutton, and he is an amazing talent. But there's a whole lot of talk out of camp, even coming from the head coach there in Denver, that Sutton isn't ready, that he is looking sluggish. So, you know, maybe want to pump the brakes a little bit on Cortland Sutton. I'll talk about that in a second, but now we need a quarterback, and I'm going to continue to go with my boy, Joe Burrow, Joey B, quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. I genuinely believe this is going to be one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the National Football League. The defense sucks complete and utter ass. They're not going to really, I think they can run the ball with Mixon, but I don't think they'll be running the ball a lot. I think they'll be throwing the ball a lot in these games they have titty boy t higgins they have jamar chase they have tyler boyd this is going to be an offense firing at all cylinders all game long and i want a part of it with the quarterback in joe burrow joe burrow is cutting it very very close though with the time to recover for his injury he's gonna be like a couple just a couple of days over the amount of allotted time that you need to be cleared to play in a football game i doubt we see him play at all in the preseason. He's training right now in training camp because there's no chance that he gets fucking rocked or something, or at least there should be no chance that he gets rocked, so he should be fine to do training camp, but preseason, I highly doubt we see him, and if we do, it is going to be very, very limited action. If you don't want to go Joe Burrow, I like Ryan Tannehill a lot. He went around that range. I also like Matthew Stafford a whole ton, but then after that point, I'm probably just going to wait unless maybe I'm... Feeling a little bit spicy, and I go with Matt Ryan. If not, I'm waiting to get a Trevor Lawrence a little bit later. Trevor Lawrence is in a similar scenario to Joe Burrow in the Bengals, where I feel as though he is going to have to be throwing the ball a lot late in game late in the games and he does have a great wide receiver core with LaVishka Chenault with DJ Chark as well as with Marvin Jones Jr. So I think pretty comparable situations. And I also don't think a lot of people talk about Trevor Lawrence's upside as a rushing quarterback because he was rushing the ball very effectively at Clemson in his three-year stance there or stand there. I don't even know what you would say. What's the correct word there? His three-year tenure there maybe even though tenure doesn't imply that you worked there for 10 years. I don't fucking know but his three-year time in uh, Clemson. He was running the ball a decent amount. Joe Burrow also has a lot of rushing upside, but I do worry that these injuries, they get psychological, where Joe Burrow may not be mentally ready to run the ball. Even though his leg is fine, he's all Gucci. Maybe he's a little bit nervous to run the ball because he doesn't want to get hurt again, which does make a lot of sense. So after we went ahead and drafted Jerry Judy and Joe Burrow, Curtis Samuel came off the board, followed by Antonio Brown, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Tucker the fucker, 
Harrison Bucker the fucker, my old bitch lame, but my young hoku, third leg Greg Zerline, Naheem Hines, Robert Tunyon, and Tyler Bass Pro Shop. What a terrible nickname I just gave to Tyler Bass. <laughs> oh man, let me know down below if you guys like Tyler Bass Pro Shop, if you want me to call him that. I think that's the name of it. It's Bass Pro Shop, I'm pretty sure. Right? Yeah, I think so. So, looking at the board, like I was saying, that pick on, where do you go? Let's see, let's see. We're looking for Cortland Sutton in the sixth round. I like Cortland Sutton, and if the reports are by August that he's good to go, he's fully healthy, then I'm in love with drafting Cortland Sutton in the sixth round. I think regardless of the quarterback play there, whether it's Horsecock, Drew Lack, or whether it is Teddy Bridgewater, I'm perfectly fine with Cortland Sutton on my team. But if the reports continue to be that he's not 100%, that he's not practicing correctly. If you saw the video, he was like galloping out there like he's a fucking horse. So I don't know. I do not know. I'm pretty nervous about Sutton right now. I think he's going to have a bounce back season. In 2019, he tore it up. 2020, only played in one game, got hurt early on in the season. So I think next, this year, not next year, this year, he should be fine. But make sure you're monitoring the injuries. Make sure you're paying attention to this training camp news. Follow me on Twitter. I retweet basically... Every single important training camp thing that happens, I retweet it. So follow me on there at NotoriousFNTSY if you guys have a Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter, just follow, just make just make one and follow me. I only have a thousand followers on Twitter. I look like a bitch on there. Got thirteen thousand subscribers on here. One thousand followers on Twitter. It's embarrassing. It makes me feel bad. It makes me, you know, feels bad, man. But in reality, I don't actually care how many followers I have on Twitter. I just think it's pretty funny. Uh, that I only have a thousand. After uh, Tyler Bass Pro Shop came Tony Pollard, Mike Licky, Amagasiki, uh, Leonard Fournette, Gus Edwards, Jarvis Landry, David Johnson, Will Fuller, and Tyler Boyd. Will Fuller's a guy that I'm really starting to like later on in the drafts because I think he has a lot of upside. We won't see him go week one though because he is suspended for those PEDs, but we could see him. Obviously, we will be seeing him week number two and we'll see how good this offense looks because all reports out of camp is that Tua is slinging the pigskin with efficiency, with chef's kiss, with accuracy, with just a beautiful touch. I don't know. I mean, if you look at all the fucking beat reporters, they're basically creaming themselves on every throw, two of throws, because he looks a lot better than last year. We have how many running backs on this team? One, two, three, four running backs, and we have four wide receivers. So you want to make sure you finish with more running backs than wide receivers on your roster, because it's easier on the waiver wire to scavenge and find a wide receiver week in, week out, and it's very hard to find a running back. So I'm going to go ahead and draft Jamal Williams here, still continuing to be a buildup of news about how Jamal, with two A's Williams, is the 1B to DeAndre Swift's 1A, that he's going to be seeing a lot of work in this offense. So I'm going to continue to draft him late in drafts because he is a steal at that value. And then looking at wide receivers, we do kind of need a tight end at this point in the draft. And after Irv Smith, to me, it is a full-on fucking free-for-all of confusion where you have to draft two tight ends. I talked about Irv Smith ad nauseum in yesterday's video where I talked about my must-draft, my must-own tight ends for fantasy football in 2021. Irv Smith is one of those guys without Kyle Rudolph there in Minnesota. Irv Smith was lighting it up in 2020 when, obviously, like I was saying, Kyle Rudolph wasn't there. But when Rudolph was there, Irv Smith was stinking it up. Why? Because he wasn't given the opportunity. They're talking up Irv Smith. A lot of the reports are... Cousins very comfortable throwing to Irv Smith, so very good news, obviously. This seems like it's going to be a great connection in 2021. I understand that a lot of the narrative in Minnesota is, hey, they're a very run-heavy team. They like to run the ball with Dalvin Cook, but how is that even 
a possible narrative to argue against Irv Smith if we saw Irv Smith be good last season. We saw Justin Jefferson tear it up. I expect Adam Thielen to play pretty well, so I don't really think there's too much of an argument to be had there. Sorry if I sound nasally again in this video. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with my nose. Maybe too much booger sugar or something because for some reason I just sound like I don't know. I, d I don't think I sound correct, so I do apologize if I sound nasally inside of this video. Hopefully, it goes away soon. This is not what my voice normally sounds like. Maybe it is. I don't know what I technically sound like because I hear something, and then I listen to it back, and I'm like, wow, you sound like an asshole <laughs> when I listen to myself. It's let me know what you guys think. When you guys are, have you ever listened to yourself talk? Like, not with your own ears, right? When you're talking and you can hear yourself. I'm talking like you, there's a recording of you talking and you just think you sound stupid because that's how I feel every single time. But there's never any comments about like, hey, Nick, you sound stupid or, or anything like that. No one ever says that. They're more about getting angry about the times that I curse and stuff. I do try not to curse a bunch, but it is genuinely just how I talk. There's no real reason for me to apologize for it. It is what it is. It's just how I speak. It's how I speak to my friends. It's how I speak to you guys because to me, you guys are my friends. I'm talking to a computer. Sure, I'm, I'm pointing at you. You're just on a fucking webcam, but it is like you guys are my friends. So thank you guys for all of the support we've been seeing. It is August. This is the big push to try to get to 20,000 subscribers. So I really would appreciate if you hit that subscribe button, but we're not going to just pivot off the draft. We're going to continue to focus in on the draft. Looking at our team so far, I feel very confident in this team if this was my team going into the season i would be so excited now i am not someone who likes drafting first overall in fact i would probably say that i hate it because while i like christopher caffrey while he's that leg up at running back i hate waiting i don't know i just hate waiting that long to pick again some people love picking number one and that's fine i think i'm good at drafting picks one through twelve I'm perfectly fine drafting at every spot, but I prefer to be at the end of the draft. It's just some mental thing, I guess, where I just like being at the end of the draft to go the one-two punch. But you do still get the one-two punch, but it's in the second and the third round. So I feel as though I can't get two elite running backs, whereas I feel as though I can do that at the turn if I'm at like pick 9, 10, 11, or 12. But again, I think our team is looking pretty dandy. Pretty dandy. What is this, like the fucking... 1900s but yeah i think my team is pretty solid for what we have been given with the number one overall pick so looking at the board here we got our tight end we got our quarterback at this point when i have a quarterback i'm comfortable in in joe burrow typically i don't draft two quarterbacks but with the thoughts that i have from the doctor dr edwin porras who i spoke to about joe burrow he is a little bit nervous. Now, not like a fucking red flashing lights. You need to run. You need to fucking stay clear away. But just a little bit. Just a eensy teensy bit. <laughs> just an eensy teensy bit nervous. Just a little bit. Not full on fucking run away. Not full on DEFCON 5. But a little bit nervous. So maybe I will draft two quarterbacks if I draft Joe Burrow. We do have our tight end that I'm comfortable with. Comfortable with. That I'm comfortable with. So... I'm not going to draft another tight end, may draft another quarterback, probably going to look to draft a running back here, because like I'm saying, got to draft more running backs than, than wide receivers. Our team, we have one, two, a three, a four wide receivers. We have one, two, three, four, five running backs. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. Why am I so bad at math? One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four. Four. Yeah, so it's five and four. So we're going to draft one more running back here. We could go with another wide receiver, though, depending on the wide receivers. As long as it's either one more running back than wide receivers or an even amount, I'm pretty happy with that at the end of the draft. I'm sorry that I'm not very good at math, so I just count it out loud for you guys. So we are going to go wide receiver here. 
I am going to buy in on Darnell. Here comes the Mooney, wide receiver of the Chi-Town Bears. I am enamored with this offense, with Justin Fields under center, which should happen a couple of weeks into the season. They trade away Anthony Miller, which tells me they are comfortable with Darnell Mooney being the clear number two in this offense. He's fast as fuck. Last year, struggled because Mitch Trubisky and 9-inch Nick Foles could not hit him with a pass to save their lives. We are going to draft a backup quarterback here. We're going to go ahead and snag Trevor Lawrence. Make sure your quarterbacks have two different bye weeks. We're going to snag Trevor Lawrence here inside of the 13th round. Now, again, the point I was trying to get to earlier is that normally I don't draft two quarterbacks. If I feel like, hey, there's no injury concern or that I'm comfortable with this quarterback, then I don't draft two. But with the worry to me about Joe Burrow with the potential, maybe he's not good to go week one, then right now I'm drafting two quarterbacks. But, you know, in August, late August, it is already August. Happy August, everyone. But in late August, if we know, hey, Joe Burrow is going to be fine week one. He's going to play. Then I pivot off this and I'm just taking Joe Burrow and I draft another running back in that spot. So after I went with Trevor Lawrence, came JD McKissick, Michael Pittman, me, Cole Hardman, Tariq Cohen, Adam Troutman, Austin Hooper, and Baker Mayfield. Man, oh man. You want to know who really fell off of a cliff? Austin Hooper. In Atlanta, he was really good because Matt Ryan likes throwing to the tight end. He was really good. And then in 2020, he goes to Cleveland, and I tell everyone to run clear away. Run fucking over the hill, over another hill, and hide in a bunker like a fucking nuclear bomb is about to get dropped on us because Austin Hooper is the easiest fade I have ever seen in my life in Cleveland where they love to run the ball. He's not going to do anything. If people still drafted him in, like, the sixth round, and we saw how that panned out, he didn't do good. At all, week in, week out, he was a guy that was so hard to rank because the only way he would do good is if he scored. And that's really not what you're looking for when you draft a tight end in like the fifth or the sixth round. You're not drafting, say, Tyler Higby in the seventh round for him to score a touchdown and then you're good. No, you're drafting him because you like his value even if he doesn't score a touchdown. Dallas Godert in the seventh round is scaring me now. He was one of my favorite tight ends. A must-draft tight end a couple of months ago, but they still haven't got rid of Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is still there. It seems like Zach Ertz is going to play this season, this fucking season, he's going to play. So, man, oh, man, am I nervous? Why do I keep crossing my arms like this? But, man, I am nervous about Dallas Godert. I think he's good. I think he's great. He's one of the better tight ends in the NFL. But he is being handcuffed down by Zach Ertz. Don't draft Zach Ertz. Be a little bit nervous about Dallas Godert. I think he's honestly an easy fade at this point. I could see him doing good. But if Zach Ertz is healthy, he's going to be out there. He's going to be out there. He's still Zach Ertz now. He's still injury prone, just like Zach Ertz is, has always been. But he's still Zach Ertz, one of the better tight ends in the NFL. So I would be pretty pretty nervous about drafting Dallas Godert. And not enough people are talking about that. After Danny Dimes came Rashad Penny, Evan Ingram, Anthony Fersker, and Jared Cook. Jared Cook is a late-round tight end that I like. But this guy has three tight ends. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. If you draft three tight ends, you are really hurting your running back depth which is the most important depth to have in fantasy football. After Jared Cook came Jason Sanders, Cole Komet, Marlon Mack, Jalen Waddle, Cole Beasley, and the Cleveland defense. Marlon Mack is rated above Jonathan Taylor in Madden in 2022. Someone explained to me how EA Sports still owns the license to a football video game. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, like did Jonathan Taylor fuck the EA Sports rating guy's wife? Like, what the hell? After Cleveland came Ryan Suckup, and we are on the board here. We're going to be drafting defense and kicker, like I said. So for defenses, you just want to find a defense. Playing a shitty opponent week one, I haven't done that research yet. 
It doesn't even necessarily have to be a shitty offense, just an offense that's going to get sacked or turn the ball over. I don't know who Denver's playing week one. That's who we're going to pick here. But in a couple of weeks, I will draft a must-draft defenses video for week one, which will outline the defenses I want to be targeting kickers here. We're just going to go with the best kicker available. There will be a kicker video. I don't know why Rodrigo Blankenship is ranked so low on Yahoo. I think he's a top five kicker again. But if Wentz is, you know, out, then... That is kind of scary, but maybe they'll kick more field goals because they get to like the 40, uh, and then they're just going to have to kick field goals. And as we know, Mr. Rodrigo is money from 40 plus. So looking at the draft board here, people are probably just going to pick kickers and defenses. So we're going to recap our team, then look at the draft results if anything different happened, talk about that, and then head out of this video. So our team is comprised of quarterback Joe Burrow, wide receivers AJ Brown and Deontay Johnson, running backs Christian McCaffrey and Chris Carson, tight end Irv Smith, flex Miles Gaskin, bench Damian Harris, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, Jamal with two A's, Williams, Darnell, here comes the Mooney, Trevor Lawrence, our kicker is Rodrigo Blankenship, and our defense is the Denver Broncos. So people are just taking kickers and defenses here. So we are going to head out of this video. Let me know what you guys thought about this team. There will be a mock draft every single day, like I'm saying in August. So there will be a mock draft tomorrow as well. I'm going to do 10 team drafts, 12 team drafts, 14 team drafts, eight team drafts, super flex drafts, all types of drafts. So if you guys have any requests, leave them down below in the comments. I try to answer all the requests. Obviously it's hard because there's 13,000 people that watch these videos and you know, there's only 30 days in August, so I'm not going to be able to do every single draft, but I'm going to be trying my best. Thank you guys all so much for watching this video. I love you guys from deep down in my heart. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed. Make sure you like if you enjoyed as well. I love you guys. Stay safe. Happy Sunday. See you beautiful bastards tomorrow on Monday. I love you guys. As always, stay safe. Kabooey! Mono Man Sam with the final pick of the draft. Winky face.